0: Cold open to the cold open. You know what that means? We said something dumb. Sorry about that. So here's a correction in advance. Later on in this episode, we're going to just sort of casually mention that when big companies like Google and Microsoft and Apple lay off people, typically they don't take any cuts at the top. They just accept the blame, even though that means nothing. Um, Well, as it turns out, and thanks to one of our patrons who gets early access because he's a patron for pointing this out, Tim Cook from Apple did take about a 50% pay cut. He's down from approximately $50 million to approximately $25 million of total compensation, still gets all of his cash salary. But hey, if that's important to you, here's your correction. It did actually happen. It is the truth. So there's that. Sorry in advance, but also, hey, fixed it in advance. So you're welcome. I don't know. Anyway, on with the cold open.
1: We had a guy here at work. I don't even remember why he was so upset. I, I think he was having a lot of trouble with his manager and... Troubled finding work that he wanted to do. Anyway, he was really unhappy. He confided in me. He's like, hey, I just want you to know I'm, I'm going to put in my notice tomorrow. And I said, okay, you know, I understand just, uh, you know, whatever you do, don't don't burn any bridges because you never know. You might want to come back because, oh, oh, no, I'm burning it all to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Working Code with your three hosts who never make off
2: by one errors, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim.
0: Okay, here we go. It is show number 113. And on today's show, we are going to talk about layoffs. There's a lot of that going around. It's like a uh, COVID-23, right? It's just just layoffs, apparently. (laughs) So we're going to take our stab at that. But first, we'll start with our triumphs and fails. Before we get there, Carol couldn't be with us tonight. She's got other stuff going on. So it's her turn for a night off, I guess. Just the guys tonight. I'm going to go first. I'm going to start us off with a triumph. It's a bit of a personal triumph, but so I, my oldest son is 14 years old and likes to read, but he tends to only like, you know, graphic novels and Minecraft books and stuff like that. It, it's hard to get him interested in anything else. We've tried fiction and nonfiction and choose your own adventure and, you know, like everything you could think to throw at a 14 year old kid. I gave him Wrinkle in Time and you know whatever. Lots of stuff. Ender's Game. And nothing really sticks. And I've been driving him to and from school occasionally lately. And I like to listen to audiobooks in the car. And he was listening to one with me the other day and got really into it. And so now he's like, don't listen without me. So we're, (laughs) we're, I, I got maybe about halfway through the book before he heard but I caught him up, you know. I gave him the, the the TLDR on the book, and so so he's really interested. And and I'm just I, I'm trying not to say anything directly to him about it. I don't want to like you know scare him away. But I'm so glad that he's like interested in something other than YouTube Shorts, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and and it's an interest that we share. So it's yeah. fun. The, the only problem is, you know, I'm driving him to school, and then I have to, you know, he I drop him off at school and then I turn around and leave and I can't listen to the book without him anymore. So now I have to have like two (laughs) books going at the same time or listen to podcasts or something. So it's tough because I'm really into the book too. What we're reading actually, it's called Columbus Day. It's Expeditionary Force Book One. Um, Oh, that's
2: a good book. I enjoy Yeah. I've got that too.
0: It's written by Craig Allison, narrated by R.C. Bray. R.C. Bray has read a whole bunch of books that I really like. He's, I guess, a real big narrator in the sci-fi space and he does a lot of good voices so we're yes, really yeah. enjoying it
2: it that and, that books it's funny too that whole series is funny yeah it's a long series yeah so. it's like 15 books like the guy doesn't know how to end the story i don't think it's
0: <laughs> it's a it's the <laughs> new game of thrones i guess <laughs> it's like just
2: finish it already
0: yeah so you know personal but i'm calling it a triumph i'm looking forward to getting back in the car with him again soon so that's cool yeah
1: how about you ben i'm going to go with the triumph but first i just want to comment on the on the prevalence of, of shorts and reels and, and mm. talks and everything i i have several times tried to hide reels in my facebook feed and for whatever reason they keep coming back i'm, I'm always so angry at them like i'll, I'll start watching them <laughs> and i'm just like well this one was awful and then i'll be like well maybe the next one won't be awful so i'll go to the <laughs> next one and it's awful also they're like all of the ones that i click on are awful and then there's so many where someone took a regular size video and clearly just recut it to be mm-hmm. tall Prop and narrow. Bit. And it's like half the time, the person who is the main shot is like barely even in the frame. And it you just see it makes shoulder. me so yeah. angry. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> oh.
2: Anyway. This would, this would be a hot an old, a hot take from an old man <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Dindadel. I'm go just away.
0: waiting for, like, you know, Microsoft Teams to add shorts or whatever. We're oh, like, God. Reels.
1: <laughs> reels. Like, I don't know. I just, I, it feels, it feels like such a attention suck to me. Like, I, like, I feel mm-hmm. myself exactly what it is. slipping into it and it makes me angry that I'm slipping into it, it.
0: it. It's a whole different mode of interacting with a social media site, right? Like, on, on everything else, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, you tend to go look for something. I guess on Facebook, you kind of just... The default mode is scroll through the feed, but they have, you know, videos and stuff too. But on TikTok and on YouTube shorts and stuff, you don't necessarily choose what to watch. I mean, you can, but it's a lot more work. Instead, you just kind of go in and you say, okay, start feeding my eyeballs and I'll tell you (laughs) when to stop, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually on, I think it was the Gadget Lab podcast this morning, they were just talking about how kids use TikTok to search more than mm-hmm. they do google yeah. wow. which just blows my mind i, I yeah i don't know it's just whole i don't get world. it it yeah. doesn't
0: make sense to me but i'm not that surprised like you know i i remember being on the other end of that situation where people are like why would you search for things on youtube first but that's you know that's where i go to learn stuff most of the time now i
1: hear you anyway so i was going to talk about my triumph or fail i'm gonna go with triumph and that's that six weeks ago, I I a chunk of work at work and I estimated it out at six weeks, which we'll put it for January 27th, which is tomorrow at the time of this recording. And six weeks is, is a very long period of time for me when it comes to estimation. Most of the stuff that I bite off at work is like a couple of days to maybe a week. And that I'm, I'm pretty much always spot on in terms of estimations. So six weeks, it turns out that I'm not going to quite make it under the wire. I've had some interrupt-driven things come up at work. I've had some family emergency stuff come up that sent me back a couple of days. But for the most part, I feel like I'm going to come in pretty close on that six weeks. You know, I anticipate probably being able to deliver maybe midweek next week. And uh, I'm just pretty proud of that. I think I I was hoping to have under-promised and over-delivered, and I didn't quite pull through with that but hey I mean that's why you pad stuff for the unexpected
0: are you gonna miss it by like a day or two or are we talking like a week
1: I I think like as of the end of day today which is the day before I estimated the due I I think it's only gonna take me maybe another two or three days so I'm gonna be pretty close okay yeah
0: I would not Mm -hmm. be upset with that much slip
1: yeah and and, and I don't know I like to think that my estimating abilities are getting better and better over time and I, and I and I do honestly believe that's true mostly because I just assume everything is more complicated than it's going to be mm-hmm. and and I and I build the estimate based on that my estimations take like 30 seconds, though. It's not like I'm spending... <laughs> it's not like I'm spending like four hours so away in the pros and cons. It's a,
2: it's a gut check.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like, totally a gut check.
0: It, yeah, it's it's like, you know how we talk about, if you don't have tests, that you're not refactoring, you're just changing. You're not actually <laughs> estimating, you're just guessing.
1: <laughs> I look at it, and, and it's like my brain basically goes, that's way more than a week of work. It's probably not quite two months. Let's go six weeks. <laughs> t-shirt size it yeah but i do think i mean maybe i'm just blowing smoke up my own hiney here but i do feel like i like like to see that (laughs) i do feel like like
0: tubes or
1: (laughs) yoga it's a complicated (laughs) series of contraptions i do feel like you get better at this stuff and i'm and i just i'm excited to see my estimations come in pretty close to target good for you man yeah that's me that's me tim what about you
2: yeah. So I got a triumph. All three of us got triumphs. Noise. Great. Yeah. I got, I got two of them, one work related, one personal. So on the work front, so I do a lot of SMS messaging, sending messages, reminding people your bills due or here's your receipt or whatever. And there's just the United States has some rather convoluted rules when it comes to sending SMS messages. So if, you, if you're you sending from a 10 digit phone number, so that's just your regular local you know phone number you can do one SMS message, one text message every four seconds. That's, you know, when you have to send tens of thousands, that's just, it's not yeah, going to work. crazy. And then if you have a toll-free number, it's a little bit better and it's 10 messages per se- per second. That's, that's better, but still not quite good enough. And you have to, there's this convoluted verification process where you have to submit your use. Case. And I get what they're doing. They're trying to stop these spammers, but mm-hmm. they're not doing a very good job because I get tons of spam all the time. But mine's a legitimate use case. You know, these are people that have an insurance policy and they need to be notified about stuff that's happening in their policy. And they've they've opted into it. Problem is that, that the process that to, to get it verified, the 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 telecoms are so backed up. It's like I've had them sitting out there for six months. Oh man. And they've not gotten to them. And there's no way, there's no way to contact them, no way to find out the status. You can ask, but no one ever responds. Uh, so it's, it's quite, it's quite annoying. And then you can do short codes. So short codes is like not a phone number. It's like the, I don't know if you've like got one. a five one digit the, number, right? Yeah, five digit number or whatever. And you can do a hundred, but that is super expensive. I mean, yeah. that's really super expensive to to get a short code. So I've been playing around with pooling. So I have a pool of, you know, about 50 different local numbers. Mm. That I just rotate through and rate limit. Crazy. So that's one per second. And it actually works out cheaper than, than getting the toll-free number. And but the thing is I gotta track, you know, when people opt out because it's a different number. So I gotta make sure I'm blacklisting and not sending because you don't want to get in trouble for,
0: mm-hmm. for,
2: for so worked on that today and got it pretty well working. So tomorrow I'm gonna test it out and 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 pop it in production for a little bit and see how that runs. So yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah.
2: Yep. So to send that, and then also you have to have, you know, regulations about certain states. There's like certain times you can't, you know, it's like if they're in, you know, Kansas or whatever, you can't send them a message at 2 a.m. It's got to mm-hmm. be between between like 9 and nine 8 a.m. And I think 9 p.m., Dang, something mm-hmm. like that. So you, so you got to track where they are located. Of course, you don't know where they physically are. They could be in, in France, you know, visiting. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but Whatever the number is located, that's what you do. So... But yeah, got that working today. I was super happy with that, and so yeah, we'll see how that how that works now. Because started getting a lot of. I'm coming from an 800 number that I I had the one of the 800 numbers I have toll free numbers I have was grandfathered in because before they started putting these rules in place, I already had that number, so it's grandfathered. But still, I get like 50 percent of some of the texts I sent are blocked by the carrier, and they don't tell you why. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it just says prohibited by carrier. Well, why? No, there's no way you can know. So, mm-hmm. having these different num- pool of numbers, and if those start to get blocked, I'll just delete that number, get, grab another one. <laughs> just keep keep rotating.
1: Oh, not so, <laughs> man. I've i never thought about this. If, if what I'm about to say has any legal ramifications, then I am 100 percent making it up. But if it doesn't have legal ramifications, then this may, may not be true. We use Twilio at work, and I've like literally never thought about anything that you just said, um, which like, makes me a little un- uncomfortable. But uh, I do know that Twilio, especially over the last six months or something, has sent us a bunch of notifications where it's like, we see that you send numbers in Uganda. Now in Uganda, you have to register your campaigns like two weeks ahead right. of time and get approval. Oh. And we always yep. just be like, do we send? Do we have customers there? Is this just like someone spamming, <laughs> and then we decide whether or not we care? But I mean, the idea of only sending text messages during certain times of the day—that's I didn't even. That's not on my radar at all. I didn't know that was yeah. a thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. The, and the registration, they have to give an example of what is it you're texting, and you know, are you are, are these like advertisements? None of, for us. None of them are. But it's like you never. And it's like the, the thing where if they deny you. Now, what do you do? now my 800 number is no good <laughs> i got to delete it grab a new one so, but fortunately i've separated out like we have a the, the only thing i use with these numbers is texting right so it doesn't there, we have other numbers that are for their phone tree and their ivr and all that stuff cuz i don't want them to shut that off and then you know now someone who's sent out you know everywhere on the website everywhere on their bill this 800 number is on there and now it's no good and they got to update that that'd be a nightmare so i'm glad that's segmented out and it's not tied to that Anyway, that's my that's my work related. For why'd you delete my? (laughs) I moved it down here to the bottom of the document. I was thinking maybe that would be a good thing to to save for the after show. Okay, I'll save it for the after show. We're going to talk. So every year I do uh, tease it. I'll tease it now. I do the wild game party. So today I met with my my former boss, who we we do that for, and got the got the menu ready for for this year so going eating some really never had this one i'm excited it's gonna be really really weird Uh,
0: just got a list of animals and you just assume like lungs and testicles for all of them or
2: (laughs) yep 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 Yep. so if you want to hear what weird wacky thing i'll be cooking in march become a patron and join the after show all right
1: (laughs) You're right Ben. No, I just we've been watching this show, this PBS show called I think it's called All Creatures Great and Small.
2: Yeah. Love it's, that it's, show.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's like every other episode this farm vet basically is is shoulder deep in some sort of orifice. <laughs> 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 and they have they have like prop uh, anuses and prop vaginas and stuff. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, oh, yeah. I assume they're props. <laughs> I mean, One would hope. <laughs>
0: oh, is this a fictional show?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a no, it's well, a, No, I no, It's actually based on... I think it's based
2: on that guy's life.
1: Well, it's based on... The James Harriet By James Harriet, And I... Yeah, and I guess they're based on his life. They're kind of okay. loosely based on his life, yeah. Okay.
0: It's he, set in the 30s and 40s. Yes.
1: Yeah. Gotcha.
2: During World War II era. era.
0: Okay. So... What are we talking about? You're all fired.
2: Sorry. <laughs> uh how how will i survive without this salary you never give me
0: <laughs> i'm cutting your salary in half half of zero <laughs> yeah
2: divide by zero
0: yeah so you know it's been uh, as i mentioned earlier it's like a, a virus going around just it feels like everybody's laying off there was microsoft and meta and you know i don't know who else guys the a- a apple bunch of i think one. even Go- google yeah yeah google did a big one mm-hmm. microsoft uh, yeah microsoft announced that they were doing like what was it, ten thousand or something? And it was mm-hmm. less than five percent of their workforce, which was crazy—like two hundred thousand yeah. people. Anyway,
1: it seems so like there's a lot layoffs. of conspiracy theory. Not conspiracy theory. That's not the right term. But it, there's a lot of, you know, after Elon Musk fired like most of the company, there was there were people <laughs> yeah. talking about. Well, now that all these other now all these other companies are just seeing what they can get away with. In terms of firing people and then mm. blaming it on,
0: do, I, do you think that Twitter counts as layoffs, or is that just an idiot coming in and doing
2: idiot things? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's just an epidemic of people not being extreme enough.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what what is driving the layoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I think part of it is you know borrowing money is not cheap anymore. That's gone up a lot. I think part and you know, other part of it is just you know tech has gotten to the point where they need, you know, it's been in growth mode pretty much since the dot com bust, right? So mm-hmm. it's been grow, 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 grow. Profits, you know, and that people have been profitable. Now it's like they're still trying to get more profit out, right? And so at some point, when you're kind of at your zenith, the only way you can start making more profit is cutting costs, and the biggest cost in any tech thing is going to be people.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, I don't, I don't quite get it why it's happening right now, but yeah, it's it definitely seems to be going around, even even locally around here there's some some tech companies have, have been been laying people well i don't say locally people that are local here that work at companies that mm-hmm. they might
1: be located elsewhere but are are being let go one one thing that doesn't connect with me necessarily is i've i've seen some people theorize or even some companies say that they had staffed up pretty aggressively during the pandemic when it looked like i don't know, they were going to need more people to fuel more systems Mm-hmm. which which i get if you're running something like zoom or ms teams or something where it's suddenly a lot of online activity but if you've been building i mean uh, nobody
0: like, somebody's got to build you know reels for microsoft teams yeah. people
1: <laughs> but i just i just can't imagine that the pandemic wildly changed so many different businesses you know i understand things where driving people online but if you're business build a product that was already providing an online service i mean i don't know i don't know how much you'd actually have to staff up for that because of the pandemic
2: yeah i mean i don't know either i think part of that might be that there was huge boom boosts right at during the pandemic and so wall street being what they are got like used to that and now they're not getting that same right so that that sort of pushback of well you know wall street doesn't care they only care quarter to quarter what happens you know so they're having to find ways to prove themselves I, I don't know it, it, it does confuse me i don't see any concrete reason but it definitely definitely is happening
0: yeah we have a, a company chat room where we share like tech news you know whether it's you know last had another security breach or more details came out about their security breach or whatever and then you know obviously layoffs makes the makes the cut for things that we're going to talk about there and i'm sharing a link with you guys now there's a mastodon post with a a web web comic in it that we'll put in the show notes and it's a a dinosaur and a raccoon talking to each other and basically the raccoon is standing there saying like i take responsibility for for you know the the things that led to this layoff (laughs) or and 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 it's like it means nothing right it's just you can point the finger at me that's all that it means you know like i'm not going to take a pay cut i'm not because i guess that was probably inspired because um in Google's layoff announcement, Sundar Sundar Pachai. I'm sorry if I mispronounce his name.
2: He's gonna be the, mad at you. <laughs>
0: the the CEO of of Alphabet. You know, he's like, I take full responsibility for this. And meanwhile, that's it's just a sentence in the yeah, announcement. Yeah. Like that's that's all it is. You know, he's not taking a pay cut, he's
2: not giving up Benny's, he's not. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Just, it, it, it basically means, "Hey, you guys want to be upset? Be upset at me, but I'm mm-hmm. still keeping my job, and mm-hmm. you're you're in an your employment line." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So be bad at me, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, well, uh, the you know, Facebook guy, what's his name? All of a sudden, I'm drawing a blank. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. I think he sort of said the same thing. He was like, "Sorry, we overstaffed. My bad."
2: Yeah, and then we overs we overspent on stupid headsets and and no legs. <laughs> so, have any of us here ever been laid off or fired?
0: I, I actually, I've been fired one time. It was from my first real job, which was not a tech job. I got fired from TCBY. The, this the can't yogurt. be yogurt.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, hey, it's the the country's best yogurt you,
0: is what it officially. What were for. you?
2: What were you? What were you putting in that yogurt? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got fired for having a whipped cream fight in the store with the other person <laughs> I was working with. <laughs>
1: This is how every uh, porn video starts. <laughs> <laughs> and you've seen them all, I
0: guess, Ben, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, the, sure. I'll, why not? I'll get into it a little bit. So I, I, I had a whipped cream fight with a, a, a more senior employee in the store. Like, she started it. She'd been there for years more than I had. She started it. And so, yeah, sure. I played along. And then, you know, like a day or two later, the the store owner called my house and I wasn't there. She had, I guess she was calling to, to fire me. I wasn't there. My dad answered the phone. So she just told my dad, she's like, tell him, don't bother coming back in. He's fired, which that's a super professional move right there. Right. right? Yeah. But and and so the reasoning she gave was that the cameras in the store recorded it. Well, there were no, I mean, there were camera, you know, little things that looked like cameras in the store, you know, simulated cameras. But they didn't, there was no recordings. There was nothing (laughs) like, you know, it was security by posturing or whatever. And sound like you never got over it. I'm fine. I don't care. I had a great time. Uh, I I I probably ate my weight in waffle cones there. So the thing that pissed me off about it was that since there were no cameras, and I know we did a really good job of cleaning up after the mess, that means that the girl that was working there turned me in. Like she she basically ratted me out. And I also happen to know I I don't know about that, but I also happen to know that she would occasionally steal from the register. So
1: yeah, maybe she got caught and then had to take you down.
0: Maybe,
2: yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've I've never never been
2: fired or, or laid off. I mean, I'm sure, at some point in my life, we'll see. I imagine it's got to be an awful, awful feeling. And people that I've known who've been let go, fire. Well, I, I see fired as different. Fired is basically, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't working out. Laid off. What's going on right now is sort of, hey, the company's not doing so great, you know, and so we're gonna have to cut some expenses. And you guys are it. And you know, they they. Ten people, hundred people, ten thousand people, however many it is, and that's got to feel awful because I imagine you just think, "Why me? Right? Why was why why was I chosen? What what was it about me that I wasn't important enough, and that person was right?"
0: And it's so often it's not even about your skills; it's about we've decided that this particular arm of the business, like this product, we're we're not going to continue investing in or whatever. And and they're instead of can we keep this person and Find you know a a job for them in a profitable area of the business. They're just like, well, let's let's just cut the person because that's the expensive part, and and that way we can keep posting record shareholder profits or whatever. You know,
2: yeah, and that's what it's driven by. I mean, ultimately, the company, if it's traded, is you know is their responsibility is to the shareholders. But I remember uh, Nintendo when Wii U. Basically tanked. It was, you know, didn't do very well. The executives all took pay cuts rather than mm-hmm. having to, to lay people off. Right. And so we don't see that here a whole lot. You know, the you talked about the guy from Alphabet. Haven't read that he's taking a pay cut. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, it feels awful. It feels personal, I imagine. But I think the first thing to do is no, it's not your fault. Right, if, yeah. If, if it were your fault, they would have fired you. They wouldn't have. You wouldn't have been part of a group of layoffs. It's not your fault. It's the company made a decision, and you are just part of the friendly fire. That, right. Got yeah, taken yeah, out. yeah.
0: They're not. Yeah, they're not getting rid of people that are doing a bad job. They're getting rid of people that work on a thing that no longer is a, a productive thing for the company to invest in.
1: Right.
2: And I imagine. I mean, that's easy to say, right? Not having gone through that to to say, hey, it's not my fault, whatever. But I imagine it, it just got to feel like such a a gut punch
1: to go through has there have you seen any data on the types of jobs that are being included in these layoffs meaning like managerial Mm -hmm. engineering support quality assurance you know it's i immediately of course go into full panic you know imposter syndrome like oh i'm so lucky i got this job i'll never be able to find another engineering job but like i don't know i don't know if there's any concentration around the types of jobs
0: I I have not seen any like aggregate data it subjectively feels like when I do read these announcements that most of the time they're saying like it got, it cuts across all areas of the organization yeah. so that
1: that's what we had at work when we had our reduction in force to put it nicely last year <laughs> uh, layoffs yeah it uh, it was across all departments basically that we were yeah. And both trying to flatten the organization, there was a lot of middle management, and I think we got rid of a lot of the middle management, but then there was also just every department got slashed as well.
2: I, I did read something,
1: I mean, it was yesterday morning, one of the
2: newsletters that I get, it just basically said that you know all these people that are getting fired from tech jobs are, are usually finding new work, at sometimes at better pay, pretty quickly, because the job market is still really really good right now in the united Mm -hmm. states um you just gotta find something that people are are interested in investing in right now yeah for sure so i I think you know what we need to focus on is you know how do you survive that how do you survive that that layoff because it's it's like everything in life it it had you know your your job had a beginning and it had an end your time being unemployed had a beginning and it will have an end Mm -hmm. so you know what do you do in the meantime and and it, I'll just give you a, a story. so yesterday, a guy who used to work for for us got laid off In part not of from our, your company, you know, not from our company no he was he was with us, and he went to another company. And he'd been there for couple, about a year, year and a half, and he he got laid off yesterday, and he immediately picked up the phone, called our company <laughs> and and you know we we liked having him. He's a great guy. We didn't want him to leave in the first place and immediately he got hired. So he's starting Monday. Nice. So I I think probably one of the, you know, lessons from that is if you do leave a company, even if you weren't, if you're not 100% happy or, you know, whatever, if you leave a company for whatever reason, don't burn your bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you might, you might need to come back over that bridge, right? So, and, and, you know, from our standpoint, for, from our standpoint, it's like, yeah we're gonna hire you you're already trained you know he was here for he was he was in our company like 14 years i think and so it's like he's got he's got plenty of knowledge that he can just jump right back in we'd rather have that than hire some person off the street and spend six months training him up and maybe it'll work out maybe it won't so
1: yeah we had a guy here at work this is probably like six years ago and uh, I don't even remember why he was so upset. I, I think he was having a lot of trouble with his manager, and trouble finding work that he wanted to do. Anyway, he was really unhappy, and he told me he confided in me. He's like, "Hey, I just want you to know, I'm I'm going to put in my notice tomorrow." And I said, "Okay, you know, I understand. Just uh, you know, whatever you do, don't don't burn any bridges because you never know you might want to come back." Goes, oh. Oh no! I'm burning it all to the ground. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did Jerry Maguire on
1: his way
2: out?
1: Wow, did he? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I, I think he basically just made it very clear why he was so unhappy with a lot of the managers that he had.
2: Yeah. Like what happens though? You know, years later, a couple years later, when those managers are gone, right? If he felt that way, maybe other people did. Right. Right.
1: And, yeah. He just needed the catharsis, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I, I get that. I get that.
0: All right. So if the angle that we're trying to take on this discussion is advice that we can provide, having never been laid off, like what what can you possibly do to set yourself up to survive a layoff? Like if you do get laid off, how are you going to, you know, make the best of the situation and make it to your next job? I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is, you know, high salaries are great, but, you know, you got to consciously choose to live below your means so that you have money that you can put away in savings and Mm -hmm. also so that you don't expect caviar every night at dinner you know (laughs) just because you can afford it doesn't mean you should eat it right like yeah
2: yeah you gotta have a nest egg right you gotta have a plan you know for when things dry up and if you don't i mean you're kind of living on the edge, and maybe if you're single, you can live that way. But it's like if you got responsibilities and you know you're you're providing for your family, it's like you don't want to leave them in the lurch. You know, unemployment you know only pays so
1: much. So yeah, it does make me very nervous to think about it. I, I used to feel like I had a better sense of my finances because I would every month I would have to log into my bank account and pay the credit card bill, and then we put that on auto pay. And, and like ever since then, I feel completely disconnected from, from like where we could be cutting money or where we're spending too much. Cause and my, my, the financial organization in our family basically gets, my wife's taken over all of that stuff, which has been great for me, but I'm, I'm like, it's this black box now. It makes me very nervous. I'm constantly like in this state of fear that we're, we're eating into our savings too much, or we're, I don't know, living dangerously. Mm it's very, it makes me very nervous, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I love <laughs> that she's taking that responsibility. Like, I don't want to take that responsibility back just to make myself comfortable. I don't, I never know how to approach right. it. Yeah. it. It's,
0: it's, I'm going to say it. It's funny. The, I'm in a very similar situation. My, my wife has always been better with money than I have been. Like, you know, when I was in college, I got a credit card and immediately like racked up a whole bunch of debt and all of that. And, and when we got married, she had savings and I had debt and we were like, it doesn't make sense for, you know, her to inherit my debt. And we have to start making all these payments for, you know, the next 20 years. So she just took some of her money and paid off my credit card debt. And at that moment, I was like, you clearly are better at money than me. (laughs) So whatever you say goes. And so she she by default became like the, the house budget guru and all that. And, you know, we, we set the budget for the year together and everything, but she manages the money just like you're talking about, you know, like she's She's got her finger on the pulse of the, the family yeah. purse strings and I get an allowance that I always go over. And it's, it's, I think it's good for me, right? Like as long as I know where I'm at with my allowance and yes, I go over, but I try really hard to stay close to it. I know we're doing okay because I know that, you know, like you're saying, we've got a nest egg. We've got, our, we've got our cash savings, you know, emergency fund. We've got investments for ourselves. We've got investments for our kids and you know, other stuff. And I'm like, and our four hundred and one ks and all that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm. I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to become less relatable. Sorry for <laughs> being, marrying somebody who's very responsible with money, but it's worked well for me.
2: Some of the best advice someone gave me when I first started work was to have. So we had multiple accounts. One we have like the paychecks divided up into. I have one bank account that is strictly these, these are bills you have to pay right. So automatically it comes out of there. I barely ever log into it. The only thing it does is these, you know, y- your mortgage, your utilities, all these other things, fixed, fixed amounts. And then if it's not a fixed amount, I kind of average it out over the year. And, you know, my, my electric bill has a $200 credit on it. My internet has a credit, you know, so I'm slightly overpaying, but I, I, you know, just to make sure I don't mm-hmm. get behind. And then you have another fund that you actually have your debit card for. That's your discretionary money. And you can run that to zero if you want, but that's your discretionary funds. And that really helped out. And then out of the fixed funds also is, you know, it goes to investments and, you know, going with the Fidelity account. And and the company I work for, you know, fortunately they have a really good bonus program. So all that goes into savings and nest egg and retirement. And part of that's cash, part of it's stock and the stock does extremely well. So, yeah, I, I think just, just being conscious about, you know, making it hard for you to spend every penny that you earn. Make yeah. put, put barriers there so yeah. that if you do lose your job, you know, you you, you don't have to go oh my god, I got to go sell plasma or something.
0: Yeah, if you don't have a, <laughs> a a significant other that's better with money than you are to to put up those guardrails, then I yeah. think that sounds like a great idea like separating bank accounts or something.
1: Yeah. Well, that that is the thing that I get nervous about too because I I do feel like we're running up against that we're spending everything that we make right now and and that's not you know if it's like that's fine if everything's running smoothly but at the moment there's a bump mm-hmm. uh, such as losing your job or you know some sort of unexpected cost of anything then it's you, your dog you, eats it, a button and you got to get yeah, it out or. yeah exactly then then it's like you radically have to adjust and that's i i wish we could do it more incrementally so it's more of a lifestyle choice than it is an emergency it's yeah. tough. It's tough once there's other people involved. You know, if it was like just me on my own, I could, you know, stand in the dark at my kitchen counter eating peanut butter and jellies. But like, you know, you know, you you have other people now that that have lifestyles they want to live and yeah. dogs. And
0: it's really gotta, tough. I think mean, I just can imagine Ben's, you know, eating peanut butter and jelly in the dark so that he can see an extra movie every month. The
1: know, I, I when my wife is not here, I literally eat every meal standing up. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got time to sit down. <laughs> I just stand at the counter and I hunch over whatever plate or bowl and I eat as fast as I can so I can get back to whatever I was doing. That's that's, that's so my funny. every meal when I'm alone.
0: Well, yeah. So I, I work I guess I think we all on this podcast work from home right now. The my usual approach to like lunch is, you know, I go down and I make whatever I'm gonna eat. And while I'm making whatever I'm gonna eat, I'm listening to my current audiobook or podcast yeah, 100%. or whatever. And then I sit at the table and I eat my food and it takes like five to 10 minutes. And then I'm like, okay, well, for my own mental well-being, my own mental health, I get an hour lunch break and I'm going to take that hour lunch break and I'll sit there and I will continue to read my book. Maybe I'll snuggle with the dog. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll play a video game or watch YouTube or something. But like, I, that's my, my time. And, uh,
1: Yo, you know. can I 1000% agree with you for the last 20 years? I have been taking an hour lunch break, and I've never regretted it whatsoever. It's been it's been such a key ingredient to I think the sustainability of my work and my mental sanity.
0: Yep, and you know what? The other thing that I don't feel the, the other reason that I don't feel bad about taking my full hour is like I don't smoke. I don't take smoke breaks. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. Somebody who smokes is going to take what four, five, six, ten minute
2: breaks every day. So,
1: yeah, hundred percent. For sure.
2: And I was thinking, you know, sad thing, I guess, because people are so mobile these days, a lot of of folks might not have a a social support network. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you can build build that or, you know, I don't know, you know, some people, like like for instance, if everything just went completely to crap, I know that I have family members I could say, hey, (laughs) we're homeless. Can we come live with you and bum off you for a couple months? And, you know, they'd be fine. But, you know, not everyone has that. So like, building up sort of a social group of, of uh, people, some sort of, you know, safety net of, of human support that can help you emotionally, even financially maybe when you go through that is kind of important to think about now rather than later.
0: So instead of Amazon S3, it should be human S3, social support <laughs> system. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Acronym it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, that's part of the reason that my wife and I live where we do is because we are 20 minutes from my sister-in-law's house and less than an hour from her parents' house. Um, and we're only like an hour and a half from my mom's house and my brother lives like an hour and a half away. And, you know, so we support them and they support us. You know, we get together for yeah. holidays, but also like if something comes up, like my brother's wife was in a car accident and he called me at 11 o'clock at night one night. It's like, I need you to come pick me up and this, you know, I need you to bring X, Y, and Z and I need you to come right now. I'm really sorry, but hit the road. And I was like,
2: I've already got my shoes on. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good to have. Not not everybody has that, but if you can find a way to build that, that that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So then sort of in a similar vein, you know, having that support system around you that you can fall back on, on hard times is good. The other sort of the other side of that coin is networking is like, Mm -hmm. you know, eh, it's such an important part of getting a new job, right? If you do get laid off, you want to have some idea of, you know, where you should start sniffing around for your next job. And I think that, you know, knowing that, you know, you met certain people at conferences, or you talk to them in, you know, on social media or whatever, then, you know, networking is important, right? You you build up relationships with people, and they're more likely to trust you already and hire mm-hmm. you because trust is an important part of that hiring transaction. And so you don't want to wait until you've been laid off to build that network, right? You got to be networking all the time. And just like you were saying earlier, Tim, you know, you guys rehired that guy and I'm sure that it wasn't because it wasn't just because you knew he was a, a fine previous worker and that, he, you know, he was already trained, but also you guys had trust with him because you've spent yeah. some time with him and he, didn't burn the bridge on the way out, and he, you know, yeah. what, did kind of keep lines of communication open.
2: Yeah, so. as far as networking, I, you know, it's like I go to a lot of industry conferences, and you know, I, I run up against people that are effectively competitors. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I'm always nice to the competitors, right? Mm-hmm. One, I want to learn from them, right, because they're I want to find out about them. But number two, it's like, you know, who's going to be most likely to hire me? It, you know, a competitor definitely wants another competitor's person, mm-hmm. right? They, they definitely want, because they're, you know, they have, there's value in knowing what <laughs> the other person knows. I try to hire competitors all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, this, this, so competitors could be networks, you know, people that you used to work with, That you know, even maybe years ago, networking, this, this podcast could be basically a network, right? Yeah, I got a podcast, so, you know, oh yeah. And then just, you know, asking anybody and everyone, you know do you know anyone who's hiring just just shamelessly ask anybody and everybody and you'll find it it'll it'll turn up
0: yeah i mean that's the the other thing so the one of the business things that i follow is more of a woodworking entrepreneurship sort of thing but one of the pieces of advice that they give constantly is like you know you run into people all the time you probably if you're not you know an at-home hermit if you're actually going out into the world you're running into people that you know from various things and like hey i haven't seen you in a while What's you up to people are always just like oh you know busy good whatever but if you flip that script and you say actually i'm starting a business or actually i'm looking for a job or whatever then you know if you if you mention that to people they can go oh actually we're hiring you know
1: yeah or they know someone who is right yeah i used to have a, a lot of anxiety about the concept of networking cuz whenever whenever anyone ever mentioned oh work in your network I always had this mental image of like schmoozing at dinner parties and like being mm-hmm. a salesperson and as an introvert, that's like a very high anxiety kind of context. <laughs> and I was listening to a podcast, I can't remember which one it was, a couple of weeks ago, and someone, you know, amid all this layoffs, people were talking about the network stuff, and and someone said, Oh, you know, I'm not really good at at the growing my network. And and one of the other hosts was like, Do you ever talk to anyone about tech? And they were like, well, yeah, of course. He goes, you're networking. That's what networking exactly. is. Exactly. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's not as much as you think it is. Like, you yeah. run into someone and you ask them a question, done. You built a network. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just building and, relationships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, it, it, you know, just like historically, it's always seemed like much more of, a, of an actively engaged kind of thing, which made me so nervous. Like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm falling behind. But that it can be more pass is not the right word, but just maybe not so active in the networking sense, but just like I'm being a people and I'm connecting with other people. Like that's enough. And that, that gives me comfort.
0: Yeah. Do you guys ever like talk to somebody who you haven't talked to in a long, long time and they remember details about like you and your family and your life that nobody has any like right to to be able to remember? (laughs) Oh my God. I can't tell. There's this one person that I talk to, like maybe every, Three to five years, like one time every three to five years. And every single time they pull out like my kids' names and, you know, how's this and that going? And I'm like, I barely remember your last name. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's like a superpower. Some people are just so good at that.
0: It it makes me wonder if they have like a CRM that they consult before they call me or something. Like, all right, these are his kids' names. This is the stuff that I know about him.
2: Yeah. Some people are just wired that way, right? They just, they just, they like information about people. I, I was thinking, so if, if you're in a situation where there's a, a significant number of people that are also laid off at the same time as you, you sort of have this cohort of people that are also looking for jobs that are very similar to the background that you're from mm-hmm. and so you know make a pact with with folks you know you know, commiserate over. oh it sucks that we that we got laid off but hey if you find anything let me know or you know if you get hired somewhere or, or you know whatever you're looking at i'll do the same right mm-hmm. and that i can vouch for you you can vouch for me and that that kind of like you know spreads your net a little bit wider yeah put in a good word for each other yep it's a good idea what about
0: like side hustles and other ways that you can not be so dependent on your your like your primary 9 to 5 job? What other That's like obviously one. having a side hustle by itself can can be helpful cuz then if you need yeah. to you can spend your newfound free time trying to expand that, but
1: what else?
2: Well, I'm still waiting waiting to get paid for this side hustle on this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you not get those stickers <laughs> yeah you got what? a desk what do
2: you want I, I I had to pay for a merch what are you talking about
1: <laughs> I, the, the idea of side hustles I mean I feel like in good times I can't come up with a good side hustle let alone when I'm stressed or feeling overburdened
0: yeah I mean it's not for everybody I, I'm
2: just gonna go work at Wendy's
0: Nobody, haven't you heard nobody wants to work anymore
2: Tim <laughs> well yeah not for what they're paying exactly.
1: i had to look up the term quiet quitting the other day that was getting thrown around a lot and you have you guys you guys yeah. ever heard of that
2: i've heard it yeah. I, I
0: don't know that i know 100 percent what it means why don't you go ahead and
1: for, from what I, I googled it's that you're not explicitly quitting you're just doing the absolute bare minimum work to not get fired so i oh, think it's
2: like it's most people i know
0: <laughs> i see, when not you, a new thing I, I, I thought you were, when you were like halfway through that explanation. I was thinking like, what? So they're just ghosting their employer? They just stopped showing up? Or
1: Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I, I don't know anything about the origin of this movement or or what trend it was or when it started to happen. I don't, I don't know. I just had to look I, it up the other day. If that's I, what it I, I is, noticed, I think it's
2: poorly named. Mm, yeah. I, I've noticed it's, it's kind of took off like post, like, you know, main COVID And I think a lot of it is, you know, a lot of people working remotely, you got a lot of man, you know, employees love working remotely from what most people say, but managers seem to dislike it because they assume nobody's working. Mm -hmm. But then you have these, some people who are like, you know what, I don't really like this job, but I can't be bothered to quit right now. So I'm going to make them fire me. (laughs) They're going to have to fire me, right? I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to like, I'm, you know, I'll do the bare minimum, show up to the meetings, but like not really do any work. Right. Yeah. it makes a certain amount of sense, right? Like
0: if, if companies are going to be extremely businesslike, right? Like, sorry for your luck, but the company can't afford to keep you on and also at the same time post record profits. So we're going to cut you, right? <laughs> then you shouldn't feel so bad about, you know, like doing the bare minimum so that they don't cut you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think I have a problem with that. <laughs> I mean, it's a I think it it probably comes into play a lot more in, you know, like entry level jobs, fast food, you know, the, those so. sort of yeah. Then I I don't think that that is probably as common in tech and in our type of jobs. Yeah. So, if if you were going to be job hunting now, I guess the thing or or maybe let me rephrase this. So, if if you are currently employed and you are trying to set yourself up for surviving layoffs or you know if you were to get laid off how could you rebound from that quickly i think i would be thinking about you know what skills do i have or almost have or what could i you know hone sharpen my sword on that would make me even more hireable and employable so that you know if i do get laid off i can bounce back quickly like for me i'm thinking okay like I could brush, brush up on my React skills. You know, I'm a little rusty there. Or, you know, I, I need to do better on my testing stuff, so let me, let me brush up on that. Or maybe I'll spend some time on leak code to just, you know, refresh my algorithms and data structures knowledge
1: or something like that. Well, this one makes me the most nervous, obviously, because I spend most of my day in... Cold fusion, Angular JS, and less CSS. Yeah. So
0: three dead technologies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, this is—I don't know if this is def, definitely on point with what you're saying. But I have seen a couple of people say that while the sort of fast-paced tech industry has been hit hard, there's a lot of parts of the tech industry that you might not consider. That are just less exciting. Like they don't care about the latest front-end frameworks and like they don't care about whatever mm-hmm. the new hot bundler is. They've been building an enterprise system for the last 15 years and they have a solid customer base that's making them money. And and there's always, or not always, but like people say like there's there's a lot more growth opportunity for people in those parts of the industry that you just never think to look for. Right. So yeah. I might adjust what I think is gonna be a good job. From a perspective standpoint, in, in addition to trying to brush up on some skills, yeah, I don't know what what would want to
2: brush up on. I, I do know that I, I think another place where you can get some money, maybe in the meantime, is so all your customers, if particularly you know, if you if you know who your customers are, hopefully, probably have some sort of need that's not being filled by the company that you worked for, particularly smaller companies. You can always go to your customers that are, or used to be your customers and say, hey, you know, I've, I've been laid off, but, you know, do you, do you need me as a consultant for anything or, you know, any yeah. kind of things I can do? I, I mean, I imagine if, you know, I, I was looking for a job immediately, three or four customers would reach out to me and say, can you come work for us tomorrow?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we, I, we need you.
0: <laughs> I hadn't thought of that until you mentioned it, but yeah, I can think of easily three or four customers that. I have, a, you know, existing personal relationship with, you know, yep. we, we're a little bit chatty, a little bit personal on the side. We talk about woodworking stuff or whatever that like, you know, if I were to get laid off, I could, I would, it would be a good idea for me to call them and be like, you know, I'm looking for work. Can, can I help you out with something? Is there, you know, you know, I'm a capable programmer. Is there something I can do to help out? Yeah. That would
2: be. And, and as far as contracting goes, you can actually, I mean, sometimes be, typically a layoff session is financially motivated, but you can. You know, if if you're absolutely cannot survive without another paycheck in two weeks, talk talk to the company that laid you off and say, "Listen, I realize you laid me off. Nothing personal. It's business. But you know, is there anything I can do for you as a contractor? Mm. Right? Oh, interesting. Doesn't doesn't have to be full time. You know, just part time. But you know, I can do some contract work for you. Just you know, you know, send me a ten ninety nine or whatever, and and I'll do some contract work for you, and as needed. And a lot of times that. Because of the crunch that they're in, that is a very attractive offer. Because now, cause, I mean, honestly, when they lay people off, it, it, I, you know, I haven't been laid off, but I've been through rounds of having to get rid of people. Mm. And it's painful to do because you realize you're not just, you know, yes, you're like cutting corners as far as your budget goes, but you're losing brain power that. You hope is not like the only person who is really good at one system, right? <laughs> right, and you you lay off the wrong person, and I was like, oh, sudden, oh, great, this service isn't going to work. I have no clue what's going to happen if that thing breaks. So to, to have an employee come back and say, listen, no hard feelings, I just contract with you, and then you just give me work as needed, and you know I'll be available. And here's my rates, and make sure you charge. Charge for that, worth, rate cause
0: cause they're, yeah. I mean, if you're coming back as a contractor, they're not having to pay any any benefits for you. Any benefits, taxes are pretty much on you. Yep. So yeah, yep. you're, you're. I would say almost double what you're would yep. be in charge. You know, if you were being paid, you know, you know what worked out to like a hundred dollars an hour before, you need to be charging at least 150, 175 Exactly, if not two hundred. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. I would never have. That would never have occurred to me.
0: Oh yeah, I think it would take a, a special. You know, we talked about stoicism not long ago. I think it would take you know that type of like, okay, you know, just sort of let it roll off your back. You know that that yeah. has come, that has happened. It's in the past. What can I do to to recover from this situation? That's a, that's a special attitude. I don't think that. Yeah. You know, I think it, certainly a minority of people would be able to pull that off, just emotionally I, known, and mentally.
2: In our company, I've known three people that have done that. Wow. And it it worked out. I mean it worked, we had a salesperson who did that. We had a, a developer who 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 left and he had just bought a really big house. So <laughs> <laughs> even though he's making really good money at his at his new job, he needed a little bit more. So he's like, Hey, I can contract for you guys if you want. Like, okay. So
1: yeah, I I think, you know, the worst they can do is say no. Right? Yeah. So the scariest part of all of this for me is that I haven't looked for a new job in like 15 years. And it's like, I just, I I wouldn't even know where to begin. I think I'd like not, I I just, I don't know what tools are available to me. Do I get a headhunter? You know, Mm -hmm. do I go to hired.com or indeed is, is there something on LinkedIn that can help me? And it's just like, it'd be like, you know, being married for 20 years and then getting divorced. And now you're like, what are the kids using these days to find right. mates? <laughs>
2: How do I date? <laughs> How do I? Yeah, I, I, talk about headhunters, I think it, it is, particularly for tech jobs, getting with a recruiter and saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. Because, I mean, it doesn't cost you anything, right, to have a recruiter. The, the, the cost of, we use recruiters all the time to get people. The cost of recruiting comes from the, when you get hired. right? So they are financially motivated to to find you a position but just make sure it's you know it's not like a like a puppy mill kind of recruiting system (laughs) it it, it's got to be you know someone who's like find you know talk to them about what people have you placed in jobs that are similar to what i do here's what i do you know how have you placed them and get and then try to get a reference from you know those Mm. people say can i talk to those people and and so that you know that they're, you know, oh yeah, yeah. We, I mean, for a recruiter, they don't understand programming. They, they don't realize the nuance of, you know, what Ben does with Cold Fusion and Angular. Right? So he's gonna have to, <laughs> necromancy. If, if you can say, have you pl- have you placed any Cold Fusion developers in the past five years? Because can I talk to them about how it went? But yeah, it, it's worth having a recruiter on your side. Is 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 big rather than just going on Indeed, right? Yeah, because you because you know if the, if a company is engaging a recruiter you know that they've been looking for people and haven't been able to find them Mm. because because they're going to pay typically it's like 25 percent of your annual salary is what a recruiter makes
1: replacing you yeah we should so
2: we should get a recruiter on the show to talk i'm sure we could have an interesting
0: conversation with them
1: that that would be that would be cool yeah because i know nothing about that world
0: yeah and i mean i you know i i say this to acknowledge my own ignorance not because i believe it to be true but i just have such a negative uh, opinion, a baseline opinion of recruiters, right? Like there's like stereotypes of, of really bad recruiters. And I'm sure that they're based on truth, like of lazy recruiters or whatever, just like throwing everything at everything and seeing what sticks. But, you know, I'm sure that the people that are good at recruiting are good at it for a reason. And I bet you that there's some really interesting stuff that we could learn
1: from them.
2: Yeah. I've used multiple ones. I could talk to, he doesn't specialize in programming. It's more somewhat the insurance world but if we can't find a a good programming like headhunter recruiter i could talk to him i I think that'd be an interesting show yeah that'd be great if nothing else he he could he could he could pull back the veil a little bit on the uh, on how recruiters work yeah the industry yeah cool all right well that, that seems like a good place to wrap it for tonight
0: we're gonna after we get off the line here we're gonna go record our after show tonight on the after show Tim is going to regale us with stories of perfectly cooked testicles and brains <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and weird animals. Uh, and I'm going to share with my friends here and the audience the the only mobile game I have installed on my phone in like the last five to 10 years. I, you know, I'm not, not much what? of a I'm not much of a game on the phone type of person, um, uh-huh. I guess. Well, that's not true. So I remember playing 2048 for a few weeks on my phone. But other than that, I've never really been into to phone games. But I finally found one that I'm really enjoying. So I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Anyway, this episode of Working Code was brought to you by Human S3. (laughs) That's your social support system. And listeners like you, if you're enjoying the show and you want to make sure that we can keep putting more of whatever this happens to be out into the universe, then you should consider supporting us on Patreon. Our patrons cover our recording and editing costs and we couldn't do this every week without them. So, thank you all very much. And special thanks to our top patrons, Monty and Giancarlo. If you would like to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash working code pod. Let's see. We had somebody join our discord this week and she specifically said that she's been listening for a long time, but that the, this moment in the podcast last week was when she was like, oh yeah, I should do that. So I'm going to remind you again, join our discord. It's a great place to hang (laughs) out. It's a great place to network with other people in the tech community to set up your social support network for when you fall on hard times. Come join our Discord, workingcode.dev slash Discord. Great place to hang out, ask questions, talk about tech, get to know some people. That's going to do it for us this week. We'll catch you
2: next week. And until then, remember, your heart matters, but we need to let you go. I take full responsibility. It means nothing, but I, Tim Cunningham, take full responsibility. (laughs) Your heart matters.
1: You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If
2: you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code.